Hi and welcome to episode 7 of Scott and Liam vs Evil. I'm Liam and I once won a karaoke competition in Tenerife singing Barbie Girl with my older brother. <laughs> I'm Scott and since the last time I've seen Liam I've had a haircut and he has not even mentioned it. Nice. <laughs> nice hair. <laughs> Cheers. It makes you look younger. Ah, that's what it's like. It's like 32 or something. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> uh, today we're going to talk about Eli Ross new cannibal movie Green Inferno and also the daddy of cannibal films Cannibal Holocaust banned in 82 countries is that what I always remember for the, the case 82? Something like that. I can't even name it 82 countries and I always thought there was like 4 but no there's quite a lot of countries <laughs> in the world <laughs> uh, should we start with Green Inferno yes Green Inferno uh, it's directed by Eli Roth who actually he gets so much st- Stick. People hate him, but I've got high. I've, I had high hopes for this movie. I like him. I quite like. I think he's a, a, a great guy. I don't yeah. know him personally. The only thing, do you want know, to see before we start? The only thing that I don't like, I think. Oh God, it was the end. It was Tantino's Death Proof, and he plays a cameo. He's in the bar, and he goes. Oh, uh, yeah. he go, they, they say what we're going to get next to try and get the girls drunk, and his pal goes, "Let's get Jaeger shots." And he's what? These girls aren't going to drink Jaeger shots, and then they get shots of wild turkey, which is ten times more bouffing <laughs> than Jaeger is. Uh, anyway, so that's got nothing to do with Eli Roth. <laughs> No, it was him. Yeah. He, he, was, he acted in it. And, but did he write it? No. Who knows? Uh, so yeah, Green Inferno. The plot is, in New York, college student Justine joins a group of activists led by Alejandro and travels to Peru to protect against the timber industry that is destroying the Amazon rainforest. I've not used punctuation there, so that was just <laughs> a <laughs> big <laughs> When the group is returning to civilization, the plane blows up and crashes into the forest. Soon the survivors discover that they're not alone and that then they are abducted by a tribe of cannibals. Ooh. Uh, see, at the start, the colours of the opening in this scene are fucking incredible. Yeah. It's just like, but I don't know, you know if that's genuine or if that's been touched up afterwards. Apparently. I'm going to keep, every day I say apparently, it means I've listened to the commentary and I know exactly <laughs> what it is. But the cameraman duct taped the camera to the, well, like one of the helicopters that uh-huh. took him in, was leaving, and he just duct taped it to the... The and foot, side, yeah. yeah, and they filmed that as it was going out and managed to get these scenes and at the end it's reversed but that's the way it actually was filmed it's just at the start right they've done it the other way but so the colours are natural the colours are natural yeah that is pretty, pretty sweet looking um, see at the start you know it's like the kind of intro before you get to the go to the, the college and you've got the indigenous hunter uh, like tribe hunting in the woods mm-hmm. they just stumble upon the JCBs the JCBs are not going to be kicking about they're knocking trees doing quietly and these indigenous hunters are supposed to be, you'd think would be really good trackers, they would know if something's going on in their jungle. They'd but, just stumble upon it. Oh, what's that over there? But they probably think it's like a monster. They've never seen a JCB. Nah. Maybe think it's just big yellow dragons. Quite <laughs> <Yeah>, possible. <laughs> uh, I noticed that I didn't realise when it ha- uh, before I started watching this movie, it came up in the credits that Greg Nicotero, uh, he's credited as Gregory Nicotero, as a uh, special effects uh, on this movie, who is, we talked about in the last episode, um, worked with Tom Savini as we were point as a guy for online pointed out uh, that he actually did work with Tom Savini, was in Day of the Dead and he's went on to be the special effects guy and to direct some episodes of The Walking Dead where he is in, he does the special effects and you can see really? that later on when you see some of the, the deaths and you can see where the influence comes from. It's in this movie. Yeah. Do you know who else does them? And I see the character, the guy that plays Jonah, the uh, kind of half. Black guy, him. Yeah. We're watching it just now. <laughs> uh, he does a lot of the visual effects. Really? Uh, this is like his first big movie role. And 
he was going to be helping out in the effects, and the guy Roth just said, "No, I want you to be arm." He did it. He was he was actually alright. I didn't mind that guy's character. I, he yeah, was alright. The acting in this, I don't want to slag Eli Roth because I really like him, but the cast are pretty rotten. Apart, like who? I mean, who's that? Like that blonde lassie that's her pal. Like she's just kicking about. She I don't understand the look in her face. She's just say uh, Sky Ferreira. Who's that? Some singer lassie. <laughs> uh, no. Nope. Lost in me. But Gen- looks, generations ago, Scott. I've got, <laughs> I've got like the the two girls, the two main girls that you see at the start here. Uh, that their eyes are just look dead. Like that singer lassie sort of eyes look sunken in. Yeah. I mean, so I guess they're a bit like a junkie. Like, yeah, that's that is exactly the uh, the look I think she's got. See, if you watch the bit, in fact, the main lassie, uh, Justine, mm-hmm. played by Lorenza Izzo, mm-hmm. who's actually Spanish, but her English is like she's better. Her English, English is perfect. Nice, see in the commentary. Uh, she limps throughout the whole movie, but she kind of hides it. It's because she actually broke her foot. Really? I can kind of see it now you pointed see? it out. Honestly, I've only just started properly listening to commentaries. It's brilliant. <laughs> Do you <laughs> watch it? You, you find what? out. What? Uh, I think that um, the main hippie, uh, Alejandro, looks like Adam Goldberg. He does, actually. Yeah, and that's who I'm going to refer to him as. Alejandro's a fucking dick. If you don't know, Adam Goldberg uh, plays the Jewish guy in Saving Private Ryan and also uh, Rossi's, uh, sorry, Chandler's annoying roommate in like season two of Friends. You'll know his face, he's been in loads of things. And every other quirky Jewish guy in <laughs> American movies. Um, what did you think of Green Inferno overall? I wanted to like it. Uh, I started to watch it. Um, I've got here at the start, I've got fucking hippies. I hate all these characters already. <laughs> um, I've got, you're, you're in, I've got a rip literally written here. You're in college, watch a movie in your dorm room, go to a party, get laid. What are you fucking going to the jungle for? I want to save I think I want to save our then, exactly because then you've got here uh, your main character my father's a lawyer at the UN cool you're, you're usefulness for this story <laughs> you know what I mean like why else are you here so <laughs> what happens is that Justine joins this activist kind of white privileged activists uh, that are going to Peru is it Peru yep Peru and they start tying themselves to these trees and think that if they f- use their phones to record the soldiers and the guys that are tearing the trees down, that the logging will stop and... Yeah, like a social it. media response will be enough, like a viral response will, um, will stop the, the yeah, deforestation. Stop the, the logging. So they, she tries to strap herself to a tree, but they've gave her a kind of a gammy padlock. padlock. So that she gets unlocked. And uh, so the soldier takes her out, threatens to shoot her in the head because her dad well, obviously it then stops because her dad is the lawyer. a UN lawyer and it transpires that that's why the hippies have only, taken her along so they can get that to happen isn't it yeah just to try to draw attention to it but it then turns out it's not even to draw attention to that it's to do with a different logging company it's to delay it yeah to let them in so all that shit happens she's all upset even though the Alejandro guy's been a dick from the very start. Yeah, because when she first speaks and he's like, only a freshman would speak with such insolence. <laughs> like, Fuck you, buddy. Who made you, I made you king of the hippies? <laughs> Alejandro, king oh, of the hippies. Alejandro, man. But the whole... See, when you're watching it, it's as if she's attracted to him. I know. But he's got a girlfriend. Who, I, who by the way, uh, he's got a face you wouldn't try to slap him. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, just be- in general, just because she's... Not because she has got an angry. She just like a really. She's a horrible character. She's just like such a bitch the whole way through it. It's cool. She gets her just desserts. <laughs> uh, so, 
she goes off with these guys, even though nothing, there's nothing there for her. See if she was like playing it off as if I'm attracted to this guy and he's leading me on. That's what, she's just went for no reason. She doesn't care about the logging. I know. I don't understand. It's like there's no reason for her to join. No. To join them. That all happens so quickly, and I think that they should maybe have elaborated on it a bit or made it like a more understanding reason as to why she would join this group of fucking hippies. Aye. She just she does just like hear them chanting outside the window and then just thinks, aye, that's that'll do. I'll just do that. Aye. See what I don't like about the, the movies, he sets up um non non evil characters as sinister. Like if you see like he, he kinda zooms in on like the, the, the main hippie and the pilot, the guide and the funder stuff like during scenes and you're like thinking are they into, up to something? Mm-hmm. And again, technically the main hippie is t- kinda up to something, but not as sinister as he's trying to make them out. They're not mega bad guys, they're just dicks. They're all they're all dicks. And Apart all dicks. from Lars, played by Daryl Sabara, who you'll know is the little ginger Afro kid from Spy Kids. Uh, he was a dick and all. Did we really need oh, to really? see Spy Kids banger? Oh, how much I mean, that is a like, transition like, from child actor. That, do you need to see that? Child actor <laughs> to fucking adult actor where you see half his penis next to a transfer. <laughs> like that. Like, there is no need for that. <laughs> you know, we get it, he's going for a pee. I don't know what he... Yeah, but it makes you think, oh, imagine, imagine if I had a tarantula near my willy. I'd shit myself. <laughs> I, think I'd, I think I'd be alright with tarantulas. Yeah. I think so. It's flying things I don't like, man. I don't like flying things. Um, see, like, the, right, there's, there's a scene There's a scene come up before they get they go into the jungle and it's like, everything's all happy and good and they, they go down to Peru and like they're on the plane and everything's great and then they, they have to go to the boats and they're going through... It seems to just cut to this really intense, fast scene out of nowhere. What about you talking about? Like, you know, like after the plane ride to uh, Peru, and um, they get out, and then they, I think they, I don't know if they spend a night in a hotel, but uh, when they're going to go to the boats to travel to where the the loggers are. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. It's it just happens out of nowhere. It just goes boom, and then the, the there's intense music coming. They're cutting through people carrying logs to different. Um, boats and it just seems really fast and intense out of nowhere and for no reason because nobody's interested in them it's probably to show you the kind of chaos or like the carnage that they're causing to the rainforest yeah no no because this is even before this is still with people who before they even leave civilization. maybe show you the chaos of Peru I just no, well maybe the chaos of Peru I give you that but I just thought it was rubbish that's my just professional opinion. <laughs> rubbish. Professional <laughs> opinion. That bit was rubbish. Do you know what I did? Like, and again, it was before they actually went to the jungle. Uh, they drew attention to FGM, the female genital mutilation. Oh, yeah. Uh, I knew nothing about it until, obviously, Lena told me about it. And I start, after I watched this, I started Googling it, and that shit's fucking grim, man. My knowledge of uh, of this beforehand was, I, th- you know, I don't know why... I just thought they just kind of clipped off. I thought it was like, you know, like male circumcision. Like a, you, yeah. Yeah. Right like I thought it was like the hood <laughs> of a clitoris that was taken off. I just don't know why or where I had heard this before, but the reality is a lot fucking worse. Oh, it's and so it's horrible. Nasty. If female genital mutilation is the ritual removal of some or all of the external female genitalia for cultural, religious, and social reasons, it's, it's not really prevalent in no point. the news and stuff but 137,000 women in the UK are apparently affected in the UK? and it's fucking illegal in the UK it's fucking illegal. and see some of the photos you see it's like oh man 
And it's like there's no point to it. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, they, do, they do it with like rusty tin cans and stuff. There's <sighs> no anaesthetic and then a lot of people bleed out. And I, I quite admire D.I. Roth for actually... Bring it up. Oh, he didn't really explore it, but to bring it up and just bring it to not Hollywood. Hollywood it's yeah. a big movie. It was a cinema, big major cinema release. He is big enough for that. Whereas uh, if it wasn't for me and my girlfriend to find stuff like that, <laughs> I wouldn't obviously know anything about it. And yeah, big up for D.I. Roth for, for showing that. That's that's our bit about female genital mutilation. Now yeah. back to the movies. Back to the movie. Forty two <laughs> minutes before the real story begins in this fucking movie. Ah, but in fact, that's true. But because this whole part isn't like the beginning part. We're going to the loggers. That's not part yet. The cannibals are the part yet. See, that's true. Usually, that's then spent setting the scene. But the scene that they set isn't it's not that good. That you're not. You still then, don't know why they're there. And then when you find out that the the guy isn't as um, want to uh, save the day as much as he's saying because obviously he's got reasons he's got money behind it for wanting yeah. the other logging company to get in and, and, and steal the job it, the whole first 40 minutes of this movie is pointless yeah. other than setting up characters setting you up to hate characters you do hate them no it's just there's no likeable no. characters at the Not end of you don't really care if they love or die you don't but uh did you know I only noticed that again the commentary see each of the characters see their deaths it's kind of foreshadowed beforehand with like certain things that they do right like see Amy the blonde lassie mm-hmm. who then finally in a movie somebody kills themselves like mm-hmm. a lot of times you watch shit like this and you're you're trapped in a cage by cannibals and you watch it and go why don't you just kill yourself you're not going to get out yeah. why the fuck would you want to be eaten in this movie she finally does it but she kills herself throughout the movie she's been taking pills for anxiety and at one point really quickly there's scars on her wrist as if she's self before. Yeah. so she does that the arm guy is all really self conscious or he's heavy conscious about his weight he's the first to get eaten the lassie that's got all the tattoos what's her name eh uh, don't know her name <laughs> uh, she then obviously she escapes and when they go back to the cage, they see the skin with it's the tattoo. Aye, that's and then the wee kids are running about with her tattooed skin yeah. as tattoos. It's like there's all wee bits that actually sh- kind of give you a hint of what's going to happen to them. Also, um, I had written down that uh, she's got the fakest tattoos I've ever seen. Now, I know it's obviously like, comes up later on as that's the point so that you definitely recognise yeah, the tattoos. They make a big point in them so that when you see them on the skin you think, oh shit. But aye, they're fake as fuck. Do you know, I went around and seen my dad yesterday, because um, it was his birthday the other day, he turned 60, and I was asking him, we've got him an iPad, and I says, well no, you can subscribe to a, say a, a podcast, and uh, he said, no, I've listened to a comment before, and the first thing I thought was, you swear too much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably true. But... So is he going to subscribe? I, oh yeah, I'm going oh, to make sure he does, and rate us five stars, <laughs> and you should as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Happy birthday, Mr Howley. Yeah. Um, we'll try not swear in this episode oh it's too late too late for that too, fucking too far late. gone <laughs> uh, see when they're all captured and they're inside the uh, the cage yep do you understand the need for the toilet humour as in when she shits herself no. I get right see if you look at it in one, one hand right look at it in one hand that is a horrible situation where you are like essentially I don't know how well these people are friends if they're just like in a, a uni group that have got together well, she's I don't not know how just well fucking they're, met them they're main lassie Aye, she just met them. I don't know how they're how much well known the rest of them are, but she just gets ill or 
she's you know she's getting a robo crap. She's been given thirty seconds to comply. She goes in the corner. <laughs> and, <laughs> she goes in the corner and she squats. But that's realistic, right? But then it's coupled with this really sinister music, plus everybody reacting as if they're fourteen years old and try to stick their face out of the cage as if to say that the fact that there's it's wooden bamboo shoots as if they're going to get more air if they stick their their lips yeah, through yeah, their own nose. Yeah. Like they should have just go like, oh, this is this is a really serious shit situation here, and and like literally, like, hi, <laughs> and like like at least comforted the lassie who's just went and, and like still at this point with society that exists within this this group that she just completely embarrassed herself. They shouldn't react in in the ridiculous way that they do. Yeah. It's to me. I did not like that scene at all. But again, it, 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 maybe that's what it's made. It's made to sh- give you a proper dislike for other characters. We're like, just, going, stop being so fucking childish. Uh, You're all about to die. I know. But well, at this point, uh, the first guy's already been killed, and he's um, uh, so they, I think they give him some something to like kind of space him out or drug him almost because he seems to be quite calm and spaced out when they, when they lay him down, and then obviously they start chopping his arms off and, he, and he's fucking start screaming. Uh, that was quite kind of cool well not cool but quite realistic and believable and then he's kind of when he's leg come off I think he'd be dead by now because you cut off your leg that high up mm-hmm. you've you got to bleed, out, got to bleed out the head cutting off was realistic I thought all the effects in this were actually really but realistic. what I didn't but what I didn't like is when the wee kids and stuff were carrying him away they carried like his torso his torso looked ridiculous when it was all splat yeah. and they were preserving it with the salt and putting it in the smoker but when the head was coming off that looked really realistic and I don't know what I've got really freaked out by people chopping heads off like it really gets to me something happened to you in the past I don't know it really does get to me man some of these killer clowns maybe (sighs) but like that so then after that then you get that kind of toilet scene and the wee kids are just sitting looking in the cage and laughing and I'm like this there's no no terror here at all for me not one bit of terror see the bit with the snake where the kids are holding the snake like close to their face oh yeah in the back yeah 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 the wee kids went up to Eli Roth with the idea that oh, it would be funny if we did this with the snakes uh, and they went oh yeah that would be brilliant they all thought it was just like a, a tame boa that wasn't not a tame boa but a boa that wasn't poisonous it's only after they filmed the scene they realised it's very fucking poisonous <laughs> and the last thing like how close it was to their face it was like ah but I think if you'd actually realised it yeah. fucking oh the, man <laughs> see so the tribe then was the tribe the tribe wasn't a real tribe that's a real tribe was that a real tribe a real tribe they he went so far in, it was like a Warner Herzog movie, he went like 10 minutes downstream from where so he wanted to go a bit further, and when they were like going to the villagers and trying to explain what they wanted them to do, none of them knew what a movie was, so the producers decided to show them Cannibal Holocaust, <laughs> and all the villagers were pissing themselves off and thinking it was a comedy. <laughs> which shows you how messed up some of these tribes are if they thought oh. Cannibal Holocaust was a comedy but obviously we'll get to Cannibal Holocaust <laughs> soon but see my biggest foible apart from the characters being shit was they're in these high-vis kind of jumpsuits mm-hmm. to go to the loggers so the whole movie they're still in these high-vis jumpsuits see when they escape why the fuck do they not take the high-vis jumpsuits off one, you've got to be seen a mile away in the jungle. And two, they, the only time they've seen the high-vis jumpsuits before is when people have been knocking down their, their houses and their... Cover yourself in mud and run away. From far away, they'll just think you're one of them. Because they're covered in mud, not because... Not <laughs> 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 very racist uh, undertones. I've written down... Well, I guess this is maybe me being racist or not. Why are they all French? 
I've written down here, this is page three of notes, I'm only asking this now. <laughs> like, I don't know why there's so many French characters in this movie. Not getting against French people, but... What French characters is it? I don't know. Alejandro's French. Oh, well, like foreign maybe. I mean, <laughs> is he not Spanish? Is he? I don't know. He's maybe not. I'm sure he's Spanish. I don't know. We don't like oh. the characters that much that we don't even care about nationality. Here's, here, right, here's a question I'm going to ask you. How can she play anything in that wee fucking flute necklace? She's putting <laughs> tunes in that on it. Why does she take it? At the start, she just picks it and draws it. She's going out the door and she goes, oh, and goes back and gets the wee flute necklace out. Some half assed story about a grand gave it or something. It irks me to say it because I really. Everything Eli Roth does, I thoroughly enjoy. I don't know why I get so much personal hatred for. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't get why people hate him. He's doing fucking wonders for the horror genre. His hostel was brilliant. Yeah. Well, apparently he also worked at Trauma as well. Did he? Yeah. Mm. Apparently so. Um, so he should know better. Or maybe he shouldn't know better. Maybe that's the reason. <laughs> maybe that's the reason why. Maybe he's, working at Trauma is what fucked, fucked him up. Fucked him up. Fucked him right See, it's great to see when Lars is in the cage, the boy from Spy Kids is in the cage and he does the finger trick. Yeah. To the cannibals. Uh-huh. Apparently that was in to uh, Dio Dato's first movie before Cannibal Holocaust mm-hmm. was Last Cannibal World. He did, the guy does that. The tribesmen kind of come at him. He starts doing finger tricks and that was a wee nod to that. I quite liked mm-hmm. that. That was, was good. good. Yeah. I've then tried to find that on DVD but I couldn't find it in Last Cannibal World. If you have it and you want to sell it to me, send me an email. <laughs> I say sell it if you want to give it to me. Send me an email or send me the DVD. What? Mm. Right. Um, my next question, Alejandro or Adam Goldberg. Mm. Wank when he wanks. Oh, what weird. is the point in that? Like <laughs> genuinely, and I, I've got, I've like, oh Eli Roth, I'm so shocked with you, crazy story. There's no limits to what you'll do. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, what's what is his aim here? Is it literally just to see what reactions they can get for an audience? I think it is just to make him. The, the most hated character. But the scene made me uncomfortable to watch, and now I'm not really getting comfortable. I was watching it, and, um, and I, I just didn't feel like it was needed at all. Especially when it's doing a slapping noise. <laughs> what was it even <laughs> to? Anyway, was it not like a dead girl? It was just to relieve some stress. I know, she had just killed herself. Aye, that's right. Uh, right. And he was relieving stress because <laughs> he was trapped. Which makes you think, if I'm ever trapped in a cage, will I start pulling the heat off it? Probably not. I'd probably just try and escape somehow. I take the hive as fucking jumpsuits. <laughs> Pride it on myself. Really? See how uh, when they they manage to get um, the weed, they stuff mm. the weed down her throat. That's like what a small bag, maybe a forty forty bag, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's not that. It's not a big bag. That gets the whole tribe absolutely yeah, baked out, out their tits, like properly out the game, falling out of trees and everything. But if they, although I didn't think that, I thought maybe if they've never had it before, it could be more potent and they'll be. It just but seemed like it was a small amount for so many people to get I'm properly pretty sure the South American tribes have shit that's way harder yeah. than cannabis that'll get you out your tits. So Aye, they'd yeah. be up to all stuff that grows in the trees. And then, and then you've got the bit uh, <laughs> where they try to run away when they're high, but they've got the munchies. <laughs> and that's the line. They've got the munchies. <laughs> and I was just like, and I've got your fuck's sake, man. It's just no I, way. I, I like that bit. And then that's where Spy Kids meets his death, and that is the Nicotero influence right there, and it's straight learned from Savini, and it's all the hands coming in, just ripping open his insides yeah, and pulling his guts out, and it's right there. I like that, but I think it, because I like that character, I liked 
character. Right, here I've got as well though to to question this whole this whole high they've got the munchies stuff, right? Because all through this this um scene of them being cannibals, they have uh, they have killed uh these people and they've smoked them out. They've, they've properly cooked their meat and uh, and like cooked them to eat them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if you get high, I don't know if anybody does get high, but I'm just you know for talking sake, if anybody does get high, hypothetically, you don't go start <laughs> sinking your teeth into pigs. You still take the time to make a bacon piece. Do you know what I mean? Just because you've got the munchies doesn't mean you're going to go straight in. There's been times where I know, I know people that have been high that they would put their teeth right into a raw pig if they had to. Uh, the body count in this, and this, uh, I'm rubbish at mass. So this podcast is now going to bring a little bit more mass into it. Mm-hmm. Mainly for this episode, probably mm-hmm. not for us. The body count in this was 17 with one off screen. And as a runtime of one hour forty three minutes, it gives you zero point one seven kills per minute. Remember, zero point one seven kills. Just because when we go to Cannibal Holocaust, oh, is this a fact? The difference is so staggering. Oh, it's oh, oh, I'm going to fact all over your face. Uh, well, since we're what are we now? God, we're right into this. Uh, I will just quickly just go over my last kind of wee bit of notes and see what you have to say. Uh, when she jumps in the river, she just seems to just jump in. Like, she actually did nearly drown. Aye, she, but she also jumped in that on purpose to not fall into the rocks. But mm. as a scene where she's supposed to, I don't know what she's supposed to do as a as a character, as an actress, she's jumped into the river to not kill herself. But as a as a character, I don't know why the fuck she, <laughs> she, just, goes, <laughs> she, she just jumps in. <laughs> so annoying. Um, uh, and the see her, her screams are real. There was a safe word, and she kept shouting it, and the other thought it was like, oh, it's fucking good acting. But there was Jenny, the current was so strong she thought she was drowning. <laughs> so see when they're hugging when she eventually gets pulled up right. out of the bank, the guy is like crying, he's like, Oh my god, I can't <laughs> I'm so glad I just still alive. The rest of us don't really care. Um I've got uh, I don't know, I've got I so like a couple of crap things that I'll just skip over. Why did they stop shooting the tribe? You know when she walks out again with the um the phone and she because comes and meets them? They just stop shooting the tribe. Because she's speaking English. I know, but they're still were going at the tribe before that. Aye, but obviously they don't if it's going to be filming if she's shouting yeah. English and it, that, say that's getting periscoped or broadcast to America yeah. they don't want them right. mowing so, down these tribes uh, I thought Eli was going to do like a semi-twist ending and let Adam Goldberg live and we'd all be angry and then it would be like a different kind of ending but then he just lets uh, the, that, the main lassie with the huge eyes just uh, makes her a dick just by looking at him and leaving him Did you not see the end of it though? Yeah okay, uh, then hmm. Um, sorry <laughs> you've got Adam Goldberg's sister phones up at the end and um, well it's this isn't even, I, I just know this isn't like a twist ending that it's got to ruin it for you because this is uh, I don't think there's got to be any carry on from this but the sister phones and says that he's still there and you see him the last scene is him like done up in the, the, the satellite war paint or something mm-hmm. satellite picture and it's a sequel pish and it's just no it's not what happened it's not a sequel it's just a crap ending um, this movie is more comedic than scary it's not I didn't take it seriously in the slightest. For, for Eli Roth, it was kind of laid back, like hostile and hostile too, where yeah. balls out, horrible. The, the, trailer, this, the trailer for this movie made you look, it looked horrible, it looked as if it was going to be an absolute nightmare to watch, but it generally just was not mm-hmm. intense in the slightest. So I, I thought it was an enjoyable watch, especially because for this we're obviously we're watching Cannibal Holocaust again yeah. and I was watching some other things. I liked it. Did you, did you see that um, they had all the Twitter handles in the credits? Yeah, I did. That'll I thought, help. I thought that was a nice touch. It'll help us when we're going to spam this podcast at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I give this, mo- this movie, I'm going to give it six nose bones out of ten. 
Six nose bones six out of ten. Six nose bones out of ten, yeah. So, uh, I mean, seven. Yeah, I'm going to give it seven. It was alright, but I just, I think I was expecting more. I think I was expecting to properly be freaked out and really t- kind of terrified, but... He cranked the volume down from 11 to, like, 8. Right. And he could have... There's Pretty some scenes that it could have went. So, yeah, 7 and a 6. Worth checking out. I, I watch it. It's a good It's a good movie. The colours are, you know, staggering. Even all the way through it, it's just so bright. And then you know, watch it on, like, a 4K resolution TV, if you can. And I bet you'll be blown away just by that. Yeah. It's good. But then, now it takes us to the daddy. The godfather of all cannibal snuff films <laughs> cannibal holocaust the yeah. uh, the start right the start did you hear them at the start when the boys like in, in, like doing the, the news report interview about when the uh, the kids who went into the jungle and this one have uh, been lost the, he calls it the Green Inferno like three which or four times which is what the name for mm-hmm. like the, I don't know if that's a standard name I tried to google it and find out if that genuinely was the name for the animals in the jungle they but were going to call cannibal holocaust the Green Inferno but right. at the last minute they changed the name to Cannibal Holocaust because they thought it'd be more shocking. Obviously, the Bot Holocaust. Holocaust. And Cannibal as well, I suppose. Uh, but it came out in 1980. Uh, it's directed by Ruggiero Deodato, one of the kind of legends of Italian horror. And uh, the he's Italian kind of cinema was absolutely thriving. Uh, there was Argento's Inferno, Fulci's City of the Living Dead, Umberto Lenzi's Nightmare City, and Lamberto Bava's Macabre. So, it came out where, like, all kind of... I know it was harder to get back then, but, like, indie horror eyes uh-huh. were in Italian cinema. And I want to know what you think of it before I give you my opinion. I, <laughs> uh, my, my notes kind of run, uh, is, like, because I'm taking them as I'm watching it, so they're running, running commentary. And I've just got a couple things, like, b- b- obviously uh, the sound's overdubbed, you know, when, the, when they're talking that. I like movies like that. You know, when uh, they're talking, they're saying the same things as the you know the characters in because it's probably the same voice that's overdubbing them but you can just tell the sound it's just, it's just clearly been idea. redubbed <laughs> and it's just and it's just so eighties or seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. Um I love the look of that whole part. See the whole part back in the offices and that and in the, the wee cinema they watch the, the found footage and stuff. I've like I would live in that seventies everybody's smoking <laughs> in like so weird like in offices and stuff where you wouldn't even be allowed to have lighters and fags anymore. <laughs> they're doing it. Um I did like this movie. Uh, I watched this movie for this this show. At, I think it was was it eight a.m. on a Saturday morning, and I was literally <laughs> waiting for the postman to walk up my driveway and look in my window and just think that I was some kind of weekend early morning pervert or something because there's there's quite a lot of boobs in this movie, but only because it's a tribe. Like Eli Roth wasn't obviously allowed to do that, but this movie had fucking the whole lot of them. In the see, buff. I was see after I gave you it again. I was rewatching it when you gave me it back, and it got to the scene at this see the start where the tribesman kind of brings her out to the beach yeah and it's just essentially raping her with well, a stone that, that is when I was expecting my post <laughs> I, I, like, I was like oh and I laughed and I mean I can't wait I'm laughing at this but it's just because I could picture your reaction <laughs> at 8 in the morning <laughs> watching some lassie get raped by a rock <laughs> you know it's just some some things you need to be watched at like 10 at night just to feel like some some things normal you don't t- need to watch <laughs> well that's true as well, uh, like. the plot if you don't know Cannibal Holocaust, the plot is a New York anthropologist named Professor Harold Monroe travels to the wild, inhospitable jungles of South America to find out what happened to a documentary film crew that disappeared two months before. I can't even bother reading the rest of the plot. Eventually, he meets two tribes, eh, the Yakumo and the Yanomamo. 
eventually the latter type he realises that the film crew are all dead but finds a reels of footage and then goes back to New York and the studio executives want to like put it together and, put it together and release it show it and he's got to kind of he starts showing them the lost reels to show them the demise and how the tribesmen kind of came to kill all of them even though the studio like the fucking studio TV crew were provoking it all they all deserved it yeah, enjoyed it. When I when I was I didn't even kind of get the story. I I watched this movie when I was young. I got it at the video shop, like I said, like it was banned in eighty two mm-hmm. or something. And that was what drew me in the the whole kind of taboo idea of it. And I remembered watching it from for iconic scenes, uh, mainly the one that's in the front with the woman that's impaled. But I don't I didn't remember the story or I don't remember understanding the story when I was younger. So when I was watching it this time, I I kind of got lost in the middle when the documentary guys when you're watching their footage back and then they just turned fucking mental halfway through mm-hmm. I don't know if they were always mental but they just went mental at one yeah, point just lose started shooting everything and setting fucking fire and raping everybody and I'm like what is going on here <laughs> and it kind of brought me back to the idea that from Eli Roth's one where you find out that they're not actually trying to stop the loggers they're actually just trying to delay it for other ones so they're, yeah. they're causing trouble for one to provoke another which is what they done but it was to the tribes they wanted to kill one tribe to blame it on the other tribe to get a really sensationalist documentary made mm-hmm. to, I think that's what was happening anyway but there's a couple of scenes to begin with once they're going through like the, the professor's going through with the, the guide and stuff and he, and he sees the skeleton I recognise these teeth I'm like they just look like normal fucking teeth <laughs> but then clearly it's when they find the found footage then you get to find out all yeah, the things that the professor and his guides found and came up across you get to see how that they happen to be where they were which is quite good because then it that actually plays like a really good movie and a really good story as well I don't know if it's still taboo to say you actually like Cannibal Holocaust because there's some really grim dark things like the animal death scenes did you watch the director's cut no I didn't realise there was a director's cut until it was finished and I thought I'm not watching another one did you watch the intro the director's cut no I didn't it was just Dio Dato saying well what I would do is cut out like most of the animals yeah. See that he wish he'd never kill in the movie they kill like there's a giant tortoise and they kill it on camera like they cut his head off remove it from its shell there's like two monkeys get killed because they shot that twice I do um, I'm, I do think I have wrote something down here I the turtle scene was horrible real life survival okay but for the movie I thought it was unnecessary and also the inside of a turtle looks like the least appetising meal <laughs> I've ever seen in my whole life the tea cut and that like his director's cut he said he would take out, like he would still have the turtle being killed, but like one blow, whoosh, dead. Whereas obviously in the actual uncut took one, it it's like them cutting the head off. The I really think even on the, the version I watched was still pretty like brutal. That is, no, that is the brutal one. Aye, the legs uh, are kicking about. No, everything else. And actually, he said, he said there was no need to show the leg twitch, that. so he would take that out. Like I think he feels quite bad about it now because yeah. obviously went. And then they killed a wee snake and shot a pig in the head. The young pig, the the pig one, he said they would completely leave out. He said that there was no need for that. Yeah. And that's why I think it's still taboo to say you actually like it because. It could could have been a need for it in terms of the story because it fit the characters going mental and really messing with this tribe, but. There was no need to act it out realistically. Didn't know you could, you could if you could do it more. If like if, if Eli Roth was remaking Cannibal Holocaust, he could have done it with graphics. Yeah. And done it. The or same just idea like a, a, like a fake, actually killing a, a, a fake turtle. Yeah. 
See that? That's the one bit that obviously I I, I don't like that scene. I think when I first seen because, it, because because it was real, it's um, I, it kind of it made me uneasy. But if it. if you didn't know it was real, you probably wouldn't really think about it. You'd watch it and go, "Oh shit, the effects there are good." It's only when you actually when somebody consciously says, "By the way, that's a real fucking animal." No, you had you, you start having you, had, you start having morals. You had told me beforehand, <laughs> but I think that you can tell. I think if you look at it, you can see that it's real. The, the death twitches. Um. But what I've got here is uh, the professor seems to know nothing about the tribe that he's going after. You know, yeah. when the guides are like telling him, no, we need to do this, and the professor seems to know nothing about this tribe mm. that he's following. Uh, and also uh, the white stuff, remember that? They were making and made them oh, like the That gave me the proper the book, man. I don't even know what the hell that was. Isn't that like tree sap? Ugh, minging. <laughs> but do you know what as well? I've got here, it's good that he changes into his Alessi tracksuit when the rain stops and then back into his jungle gear. You know? <laughs> but I don't understand that scene at all when he's sitting with the, in the tent and the rain's pushing down and he's changing into an Alessi tracksuit. It's because, why not? <laughs> product placement, that's what it is, a product fucking placement. And Same with the Texaco garage at the start. Look how much it helped Alessi. <laughs> uh, do you know, and, oh, right, you're thinking about the movie. I'm just going to keep giving you facts that I, I found keep out. It's a set, well, in 1983, it was the second highest grossing film in Japan, just behind E.T. What does <laughs> oh, that say about crazy Japan? Japanese. <laughs> what does that say about Japan? That well, Japanese, have, they've got baby metal in that game where um, you blow cockroaches into each other's mouths, so... I, I, oh. just, I, I mean, it's not a country I want to visit. <laughs> in the 83, but the family's all going to see E.T., really. Oh, right, we've seen E.T., what, what's next? How about this movie where a lassie gets raped by a rock? Well, you, you don't know that before you go in. You don't know that in the outset, so... <laughs> ah, but I think it was still, by the way, that this movie's rotten. Uh, I think, do you know the stuff about the director? Look what? after it. Um, uh, right, after this Cannibal Holocaust was uh, premiered in Milan, the film was seized by the Italian courts and Diodato was actually arrested and charged yeah, yeah, with yeah. obscenity. He was later then charged with murdering <laughs> several of the actors on camera and he faced life in prison. All the actors in the movie had signed a contract that like a year after making the movie they would kind of go into hiding. And don't do any work. Do, I don't do any work just so it would look like they were really dead in obviously the film. So it went to court and all the actors had to come back and stand up in court and because they showed up at court and like kind of proved it by the way I'm, <laughs> I'm here he got lit off that's fucking crazy that's I mean that's con- that's controversy that makes your movie banned in 80 odd countries and makes you you know makes it the biggest that's, I think it was maybe done deliberately I mean I possibly he says he says uh, he goes this is the, the professor goes uh, to try and make them see me as one of them I'll strip off naked and go into the <laughs> into the water and then <laughs> six of the like young slim tribeswomen come out in the buff and start Go in and start frolicking. You know, frolicking, die. <laughs> this is the word, die. Getting a wee handle on his bits and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, wee, seemed... <laughs> a wee handle on his bits. I was like, I was like, no, right, no, I'm not buying it. This is just it, like for the movie. It's just a, more shock value that's coming here. I've got something written down here. That said, would you eat it? And I don't know what I'm referring to. So I don't know what happens in this movie. The, the turtle, the, the monkey. Oh brains. no, he does. Is is it is it monkey brains? Is it not people? Mm. He holds him the insides to the guy and he takes a bite of like the liver or the the heart or something that he's cut out. I, I know they it? ask it. Eh. They're thinking, say, but if you don't eat it, would they kill you? 
That's what you need to question yourself then. Cannibalism's not illegal in the UK. Ah, good. Oh, generally it's not. Apparently humans will taste like pork when you're cooked. Fireman told me that once. What we should do is ask Rick Gibson, who in July 23rd, (laughs) 1988, ate the flesh of another person in public. He he ate a canopy of donated human tonsils on a high street in London. And a year later, publicly ate a slice of human testicle. And I'm assuming just after that, people probably lynched him. Killed them for being fucking disgusting. (laughs) See, because it's donated, it's only... Cannibalism's not illegal, but defecation of a corpse and Killing people to eat them. So if you died naturally tonight, but just before you went, Liam, I want you to eat my liver. And then a surgeon actually took your liver out and gave me it. I could eat it. So it's kind of like if I run a deer down the way home, you can pick it up off the road and eat it. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly legal. Because I have not went out, I have not set out to kill it, no. to eat it. No, there you go. And that, not, to me, that seems as if that's not true, but I'll take your word for it. Well, it is true, because <laughs> I, go, I, go, I googled it, so it's as true as Google. So maybe there's no truth to that. Who knows? If you know if there's truth to it, let us know. Is cannibalism legal? I tried to make myself uh, really s- smart at one point, when they go back to the... Did you uh, fail? Aye. <laughs> I've got the boat at the multicultural nun nursery <laughs> with the creepiest stereotypical French flute player. Uh, it's called Ararat, and that's the mountain where Noah's Ark rested, the beginnings of a new civilization after all the evil is cleansed. Who is evil? The tribes. They don't live in our society or under our rules. Uh, the air quotes white man for invading the tribe space. Are they evil? And then that's as far as it goes. I just, you know, that's not even a point. I don't even know what I was trying to make. I was genuinely trying to sound. Were you drunk? Oh, I was drunk on. Been way too early in the morning, I think. That's what it was. That's true. Eight in the morning. Still drunk. Alright, no, here I've got, right? Now, here's the scene that, um, obviously, when Spike, uh, when Spike Kids Banger was out, this was the tarantula next to him. <laughs> well, in this movie, it's just the, the girl uh, that has a tarantula on her shoulder, and she's got quite an extreme reaction to someone who's voluntarily went into the jungle. She goes absolutely bonkers when there's tarantulas on her shoulders, like properly hysterically mental. If you think about the late seventies, do they really know all the ins and outs of what's in there? I think you know there's got to be spiders. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but they probably know there's going to be cannibalistic tribes. More full of her. Do you know Dio Dato or Vigero? <coughs> Dio Dato played the Italian cannibal in Hostel Part Two. See the guy that sits in like the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And gets the food and puts his napkin on. Aye. That's the director of Cannibal Holocaust. Aye. Which then links yeah. back to Green Inferno because Eli Roth directed Hostel Part 2. Look at this, man. We're linking things left, right and centre. It's like we've made notes <laughs> and we've did this all <laughs> I know, hey, we, we totally did this all on purpose. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple of lines <laughs> in this movie that I don't like. Um, I think it's one of the camera or the, they're, they're, they're need to continue with the cause. Now it's uh, follows on in a lot of found footage movies now that the person with the camera seems to have some inherent need to film all the bonkers shit that's going on when normally you would just throw chuck the it and run He's, they're going through the river and somebody shouts there's a caiman and that's a, like an alligator like a crocodile and he goes don't worry about me keep filming you idiot I think <laughs> no there's a fucking alligator in the river that you're wading through get your fucking self out Do you know how ahead of its time was this though because it was the found footage because after Cannibal Holocaust, there are a few other ones, obviously. It kind of died away until Blair Witch brought yeah. it back. And now, obviously, fucking everything's found footage. Yeah, it's quite, it's, it's now oversaturated, isn't it? But I really like Blair Witch when it came out. But um, watching this back and 
like this context of somewhat reviewing it or getting opinions on it and I thought that it was a watchable found footage movie definitely you shouldn't say it but I think it's a fucking brilliant film like it was so ahead of its time apart from the animal scenes I would agree uh, with the director that you would you would take them out I would probably take them out now just because it's not it's not acceptable the rape scene at the start that one I was talking about on the beach although you don't really see it it's more left up to imagination but I'd probably left that out as well because that was quite uncomfortable yeah it was uncomfortable but they, they, that kind of ties into later on it's because that they, they that's the girl they caught in the field mm-hmm. and then uh, the, the camera people the, the, the documentary filmmakers that we're watching all had a shot of raping this girl in the field and it's because of that that her right, child had yeah, to then yeah. go and kill her through this ritual and that's it's just kind of leading up and showing all the devastation that these three characters and I've got to hear I've got no sympathy whatsoever for what happens to the 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 American filmmakers that we've oh, yeah. no, not, not, not one bit man they're absolute dicks to, to that whole tribe not to mention burning all of them alive to, to then just being st- being dicks I guess it's kind of an idea I mean, is it, did you say it was Italian made yeah it's so, Italian and, but they've got American characters and it's kind of like the whole like American idea just blasting into countries and just being like fuck we're American we're here and we'll do whatever the hell we want I think that's all, all, now, all I say that in my capacity for being a complete person who wishes to be American I wish I was I wish I was American I wish I lived in the States but for America so no I'm speak. totally I'm totally uh, high for America but that is there is that whole side of it that they just blast in and you know I think a lot of it is about like like the TV execs going no we don't really care who we hurt with this or what mm-hmm. we show and it's just like more violence against ratings more this more that mm-hmm. whereas Green Inferno it makes you dislike all the characters but it's it kind of tackles it's with the white privilege it's white folk going in to fight a cause that they don't know anything about I've got really no place to say yeah and I like that comparison but I think if Eli Roth had rather than that tackled again the cannibal holocaust idea of media especially now where it's like big brother yeah fucking fat farm is Fat Farm even a thing? I don't know. <laughs> Other reality <laughs> programs. That it's all that's all we watch now. Yeah. That Fucking all they want is more That's the kind of society we're in now. And it'd be nice if you had Roth had also kind of tackled that. Yeah. In Inferno. The iconic speared scene when she's up, the woman, the woman's up on the thing. Is that the girl from the ritualistic thing? Is that what they done? Is that how she ends up? Yeah, I think be? so. Uh, it's pretty brutal looking. Do you know it? how they did it? Yeah, she's sitting on a kind of wee stool and she's got the bit in her mouth. It's quite obvious. You've ruined. Oh, sorry, you've got a fact. Ruined. No, no, I don't know how they've done it. How did they do it? No, it doesn't fucking mask <laughs> up. Uh, but now, the body count in this. Right. If you remember, to 10, 15 minutes ago, <laughs> the body count in Green Inferno was 17 in one off screen, so 18 kills. Cannibal Holocaust, 49. The movie is 95 minutes long. So that's 0.5 kills per minute. So every two minutes, there's a death. 49 kills. I don't think I've seen another But that also includes like like old western style shooting where the gun goes when there's no blood rain and the guy just slow motion falls to the ground. Yeah, it also includes <laughs> brutal rape scenes and dead animals. Yeah. The cannon on, music. 49, you should be more fucking no, shocked that's, about that. No, it's pretty shocking. Does that include the turtle as well? Yeah. Mm. Poor turtle, man. It's huge, man. I bet you I went to bed. I was like fucking eight years old. It was old. a yellow-spotted river turtle. Oh, poor turtle. <laughs> um, 
the common music that's played over the brutal scenes, uh, it's like juxtaposed to the heads getting cut off, again, made me way uneasy. But um, especially when the girl she's getting comes to the end, it's like they're playing that, the music over mm -hmm. it. Uh, the music that's played right now. Yeah. Um, the, it, do you know what? It reminds me of um, a common situation for a horrible reality. You know how in uh, Saving Private Ryan, when Adam Goldberg, there's another mute link there, <laughs> uh, when his character's getting killed by the German, and he's like, they, they're having a proper fight, they're running to bullets, and he gets them down on the ground, and he puts his knife on his chest, and he's like, saying, no, no, wait, wait, and the boy just looks right in his eyes and just goes, shh, as he slowly pushes right. in. That proper messed you up, or messed me up. So it's kind of like that, like this canon music is playing while this woman's getting fucking uh, beaten to beat. death and her head chopped off. You know? That's good though. I don't know it's not good. I mean, it's well done. You can see all the similarities in Eli Ross Green Inferno, and after watching them in reverse order, uh, watching Green Inferno first, I can understand Eli Ross' movie better. It's somewhat a parody uh, with all the comedic elements in Green Inferno, because some of the scenes in Cannibal Holocaust come over as comedic. Mm -hmm. It's either through bad acting or outdated sexist views uh, and horrible actions with the, you know, and the, the same guys are rife. Yeah, I, you know what I mean. Uh, so you can see, like in today's society, the actions of the of the story of the characters are comedic, and I think Eli Roth tried to play in that. But I think that watch them together, I can understand his movie better and like both of them. Um, so this one, I'm giving it um, seven severed bobies out of ten. Severed bobies. Yeah, off. I'd give it an eight. Because it was so, it was ahead of its time. It was just so such an iconic film, and it took me so fucking long to find it uncut. Yeah, I was going to buy such it because I thought everywhere. because it was so old that I get it for a couple of quid. But no, that's not going to happen. Nah, it's just so many cuts it. But I, Eli Ross, is still a good watch. It falls flat in certain bits, but Cannibal Holocaust. If you like, if you like dead animals. Sexist things and Lass is getting raped. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's right up your street. <laughs> right up your alley. Uh, do we have time for a conspiracy corner? If you're quick. Scott's conspiracy corner. We've pushed Scott out this week. Yeah, but you just call it the conspiracy corner for now. Conspiracy corner. Because we're both going to be looking up because you liked what I was doing so much that you wanted to get in on the action. I did. I wanted to be part of it. And neither of us actually believed the majority of the conspiracies. No. I was just painting you to look like a, a mentalist. Yeah. I'm a sceptic and I really want to believe something though, so... Hit me well, with your best this shot. is what you believe. Right? Disney are turning the Waynes gay. <laughs> 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 Disney are releasing movies with homosexual undertones to try and kind of make children think it's okay it's okay to be gay. I know it's okay <laughs> I'm fine with it I'll tell you who's not fine with it conservative right wing pastor Kevin Swanson and his co-host Steve Vaughn have criticised Disney blockbuster Frozen it's mainly frozen by the way <laughs> for pushing agenda to indoctrinate homosexuality and bestiality in children. Have you seen Frozen? Aye. Right. See uh, where to get his name. Uh, Christoph. Christoph right? and Sven. Uh, right. Christoph and Sven. Apparently they have a very unnatural relationship. <laughs> and all it's doing is opening up children to bestiality. 
Anna? No, not Anna. Elsa? See, I don't want... I have seen Frozen. Lena made me watch it. Lena made me watch it numerous times. Right. So, these two guys claim that Let It Go is a coming out song, marking the moment when Elsa realises that she was just born that way and accepts who she is. This gets way, (laughs) way worse, by the way. They point out that the fiercely independent Elsa never considers a male suitor and therefore must be a lesbian. Ah, yes, she must be, as I can see it. Uh, Kristoff with his bestiality (laughs) reindeer. And Catherine Skaggs, she is behind the well-behaved Mormon woman blog. Which sounds like (laughs) a blog I want to read. (laughs) Uh, Believes that Disney have called upon the very best talent in order to woo its intended audience, which are obviously parents, into a frozen-like state, hence the name, which would then allow liberalism to indoctrinate the children. She basically says that good parents are watching these movies with their kids, they're enjoying them, they're letting the kids enjoy them, they're not realising that Disney have this hidden agenda. The homosexual agenda to normalise the practice is not simply an underlying message in Frozen, it is the actual story. Oh my god. <laughs> She's gave, uh, trust me, this blog goes on. I've I can imagine. This is the total Bible Belt stuff in America, isn't it? This it, is like it, proper <laughs> nut jobs. But I'll, I'm going to be fair to her and okay. near the end of this, I'll be fair to her and read the last paragraph. But some of the things she points out Elsa has a great power that she's been taught by her parents from the time she was a child is not publicly acceptable and that she must fear its expression at all costs, thus hide it from people, even her own sister who could be hurt by it, even killed. So she's wrote that shame is at the core of Elsa's feelings about her magical powers, which is same-sex attraction. So instantly she's wrote that Elsa is shameful for her same-sex attraction. The movie is about a fucking talking snowman, a lassie <laughs> that turns things to ice, and another lassie that, oh, fuck it, I marry this man. She goes on about how Elsa tells her that you can't just marry a man you've met. Ah, oh, that's because it's so easy for heterosexuals to get married whereas it's hard for gays and it's trying to show you that oh, the gays struggle honestly this woman goes on right. you and can, on about you this you can kind of see you, the, the, the links she's made kind of make sense right the, the, uh, under, like, when you say it like this is because of this and you say it because like the metaphors and, and what she's saying does make sense mm-hmm. and and like the way that the, the makes sentences sense make sense if you are a mental however yeah American but it's mother. not based in any truth whatsoever not to mention the fact that if it was then so I, what even if it was you can't even make somebody gay if I had a, if I had a wee boy and he wanted to get dressed as Elsa I'd be like fucking go for it go wild I've even said it at this podcast I won a karaoke competition how can, singing Barbie Girl how can my brother sang Barbie's words <laughs> I sang Ken's and I was fucking raging because he got the best words <laughs> I'm cool with gays this woman should be killed. Disney are not turning the, their children gay. The but thing is, why are they only coming out now for Frozen? Because you've got inappropriate relationships with animals all the way through Disney. Aladdin and Abu are must get up to Timon and Pumbaa, the most Jasmine and gay couple. Sheba, what was the name of her tiger? She had a fucking tiger. Jasmine, eh? Uh, Raja, remember. was it Raja? Yeah. Well, is what you point out. So I was just. I, mean, I think we've got, <laughs> got to give out the last uh, paragraph and be no, fair. Yeah. What she says at the very end is let me be very clear about one thing. I am not anti-gay, nor am I here to judge homosexuals. Well, Catherine, it sounds <laughs> like you fucking are. You sound like you are. Uh, 
says, however, I draw the line at the idea of redefining traditional marriage to include homosexual relationships as equal, meaning that as a Christian, I believe that acting on same-sex attraction is contrary to God's will. How? I don't, I don't understand that. I'm a Catholic. It's, these, are, these, are, these, like, these are discussions for when we've got a lot more time. Like, Aye, just, this is... We're, we're, we're breezing past this. This is it. a big, that is a big issue with the, the you know, Christians. See, when I actually looked up it, there's so many websites about how, like, obviously Frozen was the most progressive yeah. movie because it was like, you don't need to marry the Prince Charming, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that shit's fine. It's not that they're trying to poison our kids with what they perceive as bad homosexual fucking doctrines. Just love and let love. Yeah, you can clearly see that she's against gays in their sentence of a. Uh, it's not that I'm a, I'm, I'm anti-gay. I just don't want them to do it. But I can see it. You know? <laughs> Fuck yourself. But yeah, she doesn't talk about the Sven, so maybe she's a wee bit into bestiality. Shy, that's what she's going for. So oh, I've read, read some passages in the Bible, and there's a, a bunch of bestiality in there. See the Bible. Horses and donkeys in there. There's a lot of stuff in it that can be misinterpreted. Disney <laughs> being fucking. No, Disney are Nazis. Oh, that's that's. And that can lead us on to next week's conspiracy <laughs> corner. Uh, so, I Disney right. are apparently turning the Wayne's gay. <coughs> they're not. No, if they were. Not. Let your kids watch Disney. Uh, watch Disney yourself. Go to Disneyland, spend all your money. That's yeah. what it's there for. Fucking do what you want. I so, do what you want. Huh? Catherine, Kevin, and your co host Steve Vaughn, who's never really doing anything else. Fucking lighten up, man. I know. You're, uh, you're here for. What is it? You're here for. Here for a good time, not a long, long time. time. Just get on and do whatever the hell you want. So with that, as always, we'll end up just by giving you all the ways you can get in touch with us and you can give us your opinions on either of the two movies we've just discussed, any movies you wish us to watch and discuss later episodes, or any uh, opinions you have about this frozen gay <laughs> nonsense that Liam's discovered. Uh, get us on... Oh, I, didn't dis- I, didn't discover <laughs> I don't believe this at all. But if you feel that like Disney are turning your wings gay... Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> you can get us uh, at Facebook. Uh, it's forward slash Scott and Liam versus Evil. You can get us on Twitter at Scott and Liam versus. You can get us uh, send us a straight email uh, at Scott and Liam versus Evil. Or a gay at... email. <laughs> yeah, <a straight laughs> we're, we're fine with both. Uh, at Scott and Liam versus Evil at hotmail dot com. I could not remember any of our contact information there whatsoever, <laughs> man. That was difficult. Right, that's us. Cheers.